0: The what is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy, Marty Bent. We have a very interesting podcast set up here. We have a group a group here. Uh, I'm sitting with Tom Garambone, who you freaks know, group. from uh, co-founder of Tetris Capital. Uh, he's been on the pod before. It's a nice two-part conversation you guys can go check out. Uh, also have Matt O'Dell in here for this conversation as well cheers freaks and a very special guest a very prominent bitcoin economist john dilly john welcome
1: hey, and I, my, my company's mempool by the way and from mempool yeah
0: yeah um so yeah we've been shooting the shit for like a half an hour tom was a little late Thanks, had to wait tom for him heaven, so. <laughs> <laughs> apologies i want to jump in we're using uh the 21 computer box as a mic stand and you told it a very interesting story
1: dude it's going to be like that's going to be a a, a valuable antique one day. Yeah. Like you're going to have it on your shelf and get to tell your grandkids a story about how this one time a company that eventually pivoted into an email company tried to build a useless (laughs) desktop computer. They had a... You had an interesting story about them testing out chips. Oh, man. 21. 21. That company. Uh, Yeah, like the the fact that they cooked their chips because they didn't understand basic encapsulation of uh, at the physics level when it comes to using uh, oil for removal of heat from a, from a mining farm. Uh, there's a reason why companies like 3M take, you know, years to test their, their, their facilities. Um, so they, they um, their first major run, I think it was a 28 nanometer, I could be wrong about that, uh, they bought $20 million in chips and just dunked them all in the 3M stuff and because they didn't dimple the chips, they just cooked all of them simultaneously
0: yeah you think they would test they would test one you know?
1: <sighs> this actually goes back to exactly what we were talking about no one does due diligence anymore for anything it's just scammers scamming scammers scamming scammers So
0: it's... it seems like this is something you're passionate about is scammers very, very. Uh, which scams <laughs> should we start with first uh,
1: I don't know I, do I, think... I actually think it's a general problem in the world no, yeah. no one wants to do any work anymore why is that? I don't know like there was like this, we- there's, like, this weird transition that's, that's happened where it's like everyone just wants to fucking Netflix and chill all day or whatever. And no one wants to do any of the work to actually like improve society. I actually think it goes to a, bro- a broader thing you and I have talked about before. Yeah. Which is that humanity is in a race between socialism and capitalism. Really? Capitalism is racing towards a post-scarcity environment. And socialism is racing towards everyone's the exact same person regardless of who you are, where you're from, how much money you have. Both of them are laudable goals to some extent. Some of them are insane. Some of them are not. Um, but it—it's just I don't—I don't know. I don't know what's happened. No one wants to do any damn work.
0: That's something I, that we've been talking a lot about. Is there's like there seems to be like a detachment from reality in every aspect of the world. Or I, think, I
1: I just
2: boil it down to just like, like, oh, like even when even we were talking about scams whatever. I don't think there's. I like it's like if you can explain something with by human stupidity over malicious intent, you should probably go with human stupidity. So you can generally make sense of most things by just boiling it down to human stupidity. So, Hamlon's so. rule?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So in terms of, like, due diligence, KYC stuff, it, like, they don't do that much work, but there's, like, this bare minimum threshold that everybody's gotten <laughs> used to of this paperwork bureaucracy, and it makes sense, like, the, the bureaucracy, of, it's, like, complicated in some ways, but it doesn't go deep enough to actually... Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But, so, but it, it it's it's a mess. Like to go through it is a mess. But it's actually not testing for like, anything useful. Yeah. So yeah.
1: I, I work I work with um, some some major banks and they they're lamenting Canadian banks. I'll talk yeah. about first. So they're lamenting they have like three challenges. One, the regulators like them to basically fill out all this paperwork about all this thing they're doing. But the paperwork doesn't really do anything. It's just the regulators being able to say I got this checklist. Form. Yeah. yeah, checklist. So. They're like, all right, well, that doesn't actually do anything from the bank's perspective when it comes to minimizing their actual exposure to risk or their actual exposure to what might be money laundering or might be, you know, uh, nefarious activity either externally or internally to the bank. Second one is they, this new rule in Canada in 2018 made it so that the banks are responsible for the privacy of the data of their users and they're not allowed to share user data between themselves or other banks and then at the same time, the bank has a mandate to know the risk profile of their users. So how can I do that if I can't query information from someone else? Mm-hmm. It, 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 I don't understand why this is the case, but regulators are regulators. So, it, I don't know. It, it, there, there's a difference between, like you said, there's a difference between the, the threshold that people can say that they've, they've met the law and what's actually useful... And doing the actual useful work is increasingly done by fewer and fewer people.
0: Yeah, it's like it's getting to a point where it's so arduous the sunk cost of complying for a lot of these companies, and it just seems like regulations are never being uh, taken away; they're always being added. Like, is there are we hitting a head where it's like, all right, we need to fucking rework the way this whole system is from a compliance. I think everybody's
2: world. been saying it forever, <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's like, how is that gonna change? Like the, and we go through periods of deregulation, trying to simplify processes, but the, it's always gonna revert back to just complicated paperwork mess. Mm-hmm. Cause it's it's like how just governance and governments and work, um, like there's always. This knee jerk reaction to try and solve like small problems and not look at the large scope of things. So it's like you know, if we didn't have more rigorous, uh, or, like it, it, like this is kind of what socialism is. It's the like we will we'll always revert to socialism because we always want to solve every problem. Like we always want to put a stop sign or a a, a light at a, a street where there was a car accident. And so you look at the everybody looks very micro to solve problems. And so that then. creates bureaucracy and bureaucratic mess that just will always happen it's always backwards looking
3: it's never really forward
1: looking. so so this is this is the problem with some of aoc's shit where she's talking about how now that corporations who are providing leverage credit or financing should be responsible for the outcomes of the people that they're providing leverage credit or financing to and then it's like where does that stop does it stop does, does it end up with like the shareholder in the company who provided the leverage to the company that provided the service to the person who <laughs> fucked up? Is that person culpable? Because if that is finance, as we know it, doesn't work anymore. Because that means I can't I can't lend anyone money without knowing everything they're going to do with the money beforehand. Right. Like The madness and associated with like, the amount of fucking yeah. diligence you'd have to do with that is absurd. You can't know what someone's going to do in the future.
0: People eat it up.
1: Well, it's, they it's, fucking
0: it, love it. It's well, it's that alarming. and that's it's like alarming. it gets back to what you said earlier. It's a race against capitalism and socialism. What's winning, in your opinion? Right capitalism. Right?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, because profit is king, dude. Like, cash flow is king, and socialists don't make any money. So <laughs> it's, it's just like so that, that that ultimately is the one of the reasons why they fail. It's why New York is pissed about the loss of the Am, the yeah. Amazon process. Like s- six out of ten people or seven out of ten people is like what the fuck? Like, like yes, New York has broader infrastructure problems that need to be challenged. You don't solve those challenges by driving away tax dollars.
0: They were getting a $9 billion tax break, though, dude. Or $3 billion. What was that, it?
1: That, that money doesn't exist! Like, <laughs> it doesn't exist! <laughs> like, it, like, it, like, you you have to earn money in order to give a tax break in the first
3: place. A- it's a- absurd! AOC a- a-
2: a- is the biggest blessing that, that I've seen the last couple of years where it's finally divided like, liberals in terms of what they actually are. There's, just, there's been such a unified... Lib- liberal mindset of how things should be this is the first time i've ever seen there actually be like large debates internally on the on the left
0: and it's you know what, what a debate i would love to see is i've said this on this podcast before is aoc versus uh um thomas sowell uh two people from two neighborhoods that are very close together with very divergent views on how the economy should work uh and that's a lot of like uh, aoc's platform is a lot of virtue signaling uh for people and in certain neighborhoods, in certain conditions. Yeah, and, and
1: look, I understand. The, world's, the world sucks for a lot of people, and it sucks in a lot of cases, and it do- like, does. Yeah. Like, The world is not a fair place. Yes. But, uh, that, And that's the difference. Like, I, I, This is why I don't think it's worthwhile to be an activist, because the way you change the world is the use of a substantial amount of money, not by clamoring to take from other people to try and solve what you want to solve, because I think that's theft, so.
0: No, no, I would agree, but it's crazy how many people are buying into it these days. Uh, after the long history of it's
1: socialism's failures, ve- it's very—it's se- a very sexy idea. Like, yeah. th- it's very appealing. If you have nothing, it's super appealing to suddenly be given something. For what nothing. about
3: what about Yang Gang and the Freedom Dividend? Uh, right? That's
1: a whole. That's a whole. Other <laughs> thing. Let's secure the bag. Are we
0: securing <laughs> well, the bag this election season?
1: I, I
2: just think it's. Uh, I I think it's nat. It's natural. There's an inclination to socialism always. I think um like we were talking about this yesterday marty that i think in like i was like 14 15 i was a hardcore socialist that <laughs> <laughs> like when you start getting interested in politics you want to enact change and like you feel powerful about it. there's something very seductive about that and it takes a little bit of wisdom and life experience to understand how bad that could actually get uh like it takes wisdom to understand that your thoughts of utopia are like, you can't fix nuanced problems.
0: <laughs> exactly. No, I, I would love that you said that life isn't fair. That's, like, one thing that my mom mentally beat into us. she was like, life's not fair. Get used to it. It, dri-
1: like, it it's literally drives the – it's one of the fundamental conditions that you have to understand is that you have to try. You have to compete. You, you have to do something to be useful. Like, and if you're – okay. and this is one of the reasons why I'm so alarmed <laughs> by the Green New Deal shit, too – I mean, yeah, it'd be great if we had a trillion dollars in, in renewable energy build out across the United States. That would be fantastic. I'm all about it. But if you try and couple that with social activist change, like the original language was she wanted to provide um, a universal basic income for those unwilling to work. Unwilling. Yeah. Yeah. Unwilling. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Like it, was you, a, it, was a, it was a typo. It was yeah, a typo. Don't worry. The whole sentence. Do you, have any idea, do you have any idea what happens to society if you allow people to just sit on their ass? More people are like, oh, I'm going to sit on my ass too. Why would I bother working for marginally more yeah. if I can sit on my ass and have and have enough? Now, if we're in a post-scarcity world where gold is a penny, platinum is a penny, palladium is a penny an ounce because we pulled some asteroid shit out of the sky and we – quintuple trillion the total supply of those rare resources and everything's cheap as a result fine like fine if the production of shit costs nothing then it doesn't matter if we give shit away
0: okay we're not quite there yet
1: we're we're a, wa- we're a ways from that <laughs> I, I actually buy into Bezos' idea is that we should re- re- the race is towards post-scarcity as fast as possible it's, a diff- it's different from Musk's Musk's approach is like build a secondary lifeboat for humanity Bezos is like fuck that let's fucking asteroid this- mine yeah let's asteroid mine as soon as possible
0: yeah And so that's tied in the Bitcoin on this podcast, Alex. How does Bitcoin sort of change
1: Well humanity needs a sound money unit?
0: Okay, why do you believe this?
1: A lot of the problems that occur in intermittent and ongoing economic arrangements have to do with the fact that you have counterparty risk associated with the use of a fiat vehicle. And that has to do with the fact that when you have government when government is responsible for both the uh, monetary and fiscal policy, so when a government is responsible for the maintenance of the unit of account and at the same time is responsible for collecting dollars in that unit of account, so collecting and spending dollars in that unit of account, you eventually get to a point where the government runs out of money because governments do that, they spend what they have, and then they go, oh, wait a second, I can just, I can just print money, and now I can do more things. So you have like this kind of perverse feedback loop that ultimately ends up with the government debasing the population's mechanics for the use of just the tools of commerce and you get situations like Venezuela, you get situations like Hungary, you get situations like Germany, you get situations like Argentina, you get situations like Zimbabwe, where the the government's just like, well we can just print another 500 billion dollars, who cares? Because they don't, they're they're in a position of power that that empowers them to do that and that feedback, that, that feeds back into the economy at a at a rate that's dependent on the information asymmetry available to people who understand the dynamics of money, as it, as it pertains to the yeah. system, and that causes problems. Yeah,
0: that's actually. Impression topic, because Matt and I went to Baruch College this morning. We spoke in front of uh, a class of young youths interested in Bitcoin and blockchain. Always be shilling. Always be shilling. <laughs> oh, jeez. And uh, we popped up uh, the St. Louis Fred chart, and I think it was like the first time any of these kids have seen. That one like, got them. That right? was, was immediately the Fed monetary-based well, chart. What
2: was oh. their background to crypto before this? Were there, are
0: there... They're, in a, they're in a class at Baruch, uh, pertains to the quote-unquote blockchain, um, okay, so the like
3: blockchain undergrad class. Oh yeah. wow!
0: Um, but yeah, the, it opened up a lot of minds, and it, and it goes back to the fact that people don't know what money is. Number one, and then number two, when they do figure it out, they're like, "Holy shit! What are, what are we doing?" Um, but a good question one of the students asked is, "If Bitcoin does become successful, will it slow down the economy?" And we we had a very good. Like conversation about that so i'm interested to hear your thoughts so
1: I, I i'm not like super hardcore where i think bitcoin removes fiat dollars mm-hmm. it just puts a cap on the on government's abilities to um to move yeah. against their population's best interests but it's not like we don't already have sound asset groups which have performed exceptionally well over the last 30 years 50 years 100 years of debasement of the dollar art property land political contributions to the extent that you think you can purchase people or, or their output, yeah. um, those are all things that have rapidly appreciated in price relative to the dollar base because they're, they are things that are worth something. A Picasso, there is only one of them of that specific type. Mm-hmm. So long as there is a fiction around the story about its value, people buy into that fiction, somewhere now you buy into the fiction of the money, and as a result, it, 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 it's worth something and because it has scarcity, it's worth more over time because that group of people want the thing. They don't, insofar as it's a liquid market, quote-unquote, they have the ability to in, uh, rapidly enter and exit from those those more solid asset bases. So it's not like sound <coughs> money units don't already exist. They're just not as flexible or not as... Uh,
3: liquid, right? Bitcoin's li- way more liquid, yeah. though. Yeah, That's it, the difference. As a
1: result of its... As a result of the properties of public key cryptography, yes, it gains a bunch of benefits associated with easy ease of transfer between people, so that is one of the things that and as a result of the same public key cryptography mechanics the uh, the ease of catching whether or not something is a counterfeit is categorically easier in Bitcoin. Um, if you have a hundred and two trans- uh blocks on a Bitcoin transaction, you're pretty much guaranteed that it's not a counterfeit so
0: yeah no it's um no, it's a fascinating topic, I mean, and then we got into like the KPIs of the economy right now. Like, are we like for what we're performance tuning for in today's economy? Like, is that the right thing to tune performance towards going forward? Like, should we rethink uh, like our KPIs of the economy? Like, obviously, we want GDP growth and stuff like that, but obviously, that's leading uh, leading us to precarious situations. I would argue. Um, so interested to hear anybody's thoughts on that.
1: So, I'd say, and I talked about this in Pierre's podcast a little bit too, um, due to the dynamic of the majority of people who literally can't save, they're not in a position to save money. Bitcoin as a monetary unit right now is a much better savings vehicle than it is a spending vehicle. So, for people who don't, who are not in a capacity to save, their cash flow is <coughs> essentially equivalent to their, uh, their cash out. Um, uh, Bitcoin really right now isn't for them. They're not in a position to save in any form, let alone whether or not Bitcoin is the form of savings. Yeah. And that gets to kind of a, a psychological and I guess a, a, it's a function of the economy. I guess you use it as KPI, which is what percentage of people are actively saving money. Like actively saving value in any mm-hmm. form or fashion. It was like uh, there was a really interesting study that showed like something like sixty five percent of Americans can't take a three thousand dollar hit without. Um,
0: no forty percent can't take a four hundred dollar hit. hit. Yeah, yeah.
1: What so the it's yeah, fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's four hundred dollars. Like
0: yeah, yeah. If you fucking had an ex- four hundred dollar emergency expense, I think it is sixty percent. Sixty percent of Americans cannot cover that. Yeah, that's outrageous. It's
2: like, I mean, in terms of KPIs, it's like the government, broadly speaking, is just trying to jerry rig every like the economy and. Like I think we'll look back at this time period, decades from now, and be like, "It's such a weird thing to like do." Like the CPI, like, why, are we, like, why are we why are we fighting the it's CPI?
0: Like, so like small, a
2: small group of people trying to understand a very nuanced system. It's, it's like this is why capitalism works because nobody's trying to figure it out. Like we we let it naturally uh, flow, right? So it's like there's unintended consequences of every action on a system, and I don't think we fully understand all of the actions that we've been making on the system. It's starting, I got, I, it was pretty consensus view on Wall Street, broadly <clears throat> in the markets, that we're in for some tough times over the next five to 10 years. Very consensus view. People are thinking more, your year, two years time frame that the party's still happening, and like we have this Fed put, and that's gonna keep things rolling. It, it's, so everybody's thinking very near term, but I think it's becoming a consensus view, longer term, that something's really off about this. And then we've put ourselves in a position that we we pretty much can't get out of
1: at this point. Gotta be some pain. Yeah, so I... How much pain? How much pain are we talking? It's pretty bad. It looks pretty bad. Dude, if 60% of Americans can't afford a $400 fucking emergency expense, imagine if there's like a 20% contraction in the economy.
0: We're we're talking about like the fabric of society. Like how fickle is it right now? Well,
1: I mean, this is one of the reasons why you should have uh, bullets, butter, and water in your home at all times. So in the event that shit goes tits up, you, you you have butter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need Butter's butter. To yeah, yeah. So it's extremely high caloric value. Like, <laughs> you know? hey, yeah, like well, I mean, we see yeah. it when um, when you have short term disruptions in normal economic functions within seventy two hours, people are looting. All right. So and that's alarming for a whole bunch of reasons. Meanwhile, you have people like the stablecoin guys, and I'm going to say stablecoin in this case is separate from the custodied, mo- the custodied money. Custody money is. Can be useful, like the like tethered dollars, all that kind of shit. That yeah. can be oh, like useful. the fiat backed, f- fiat or asset backed. Right. But the ones yeah. who are trying to reinvent the like the algorithmatized stable value ones, those guys are fucking ridiculous. It's, it's, is it's, like it's, banker is that banker? Was that, that basis?
3: I mean, it was basis and maker, right? Banker. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, Bancor. Yeah. Yeah, BIS, 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 BIS 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 a little dollar.
2: bit different. The um, the we were talking about this yesterday of how a lot of crypto is just a derivative off of i think i said this on the last podcast as well is a derivative off of bitcoin trying to solve the problems of bitcoin and not understanding the whole picture therefore becoming like this morphed weird child that doesn't make any sense so it like that's most of crypto it's like it's a derivative off of this main problem at its core that was like it's grassroots and it's not going away and like it's evolved in a very very weird way, thinking very micro, and and will obviously end terribly at some point in the near future.
3: Yeah, they think about like marketing to VCs, basically. Yes, right. That's yeah. what they're doing. It's like I don't, I, 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 to I don't think people. Post?
2: I think people believe like they're uh, this, this this illusion or delusion. It's um, it's like very reflexive. So I'm like very hesitant to mo- to most to call anything a scam because. I think people can do very, very dumb things for for a prolonged period of time. Because of their own belief systems. This is
0: a perfectly natural transition to Ethereum. What do we think about Ethereum (laughs) 2.0? Oh
1: my god. Uh, I mean, I talked about that at Tone's confiscatable thing. Um, One, it's super alarming that it appears about six people are making decisions for the network. It's
0: decentralized, dude. That's not six people, are you kidding me? World computer.
1: World operating system. Yeah. Um, so let's
0: let's talk about how much this idea of Ethereum has changed over the last five years.
2: So oh, this is gonna be a long conversation. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I, someone's I, gonna I miss underst- their flight. Yeah. I understand. The, I understand
1: the interest of, of of what's behind it, and that is, it would be nice if, in a key management schema, I, as a person, can enter into arbitrary contracting relationships with you, in such a, or you being an arbitrary person such that we can have guarantees around the outcomes of the contract or outcomes of the, the position that we take between us in such a way that the arbitration costs of the contract going awry or going correct are near zero. <coughs> the problem is, is that uh, we don't live in the uh, hypothesized 2077 world where everything is hooked up to everything and everything communicates to everything and everything is trustless and everything is strongly authenticated. We live in a world where people barely do due diligence, okay? So the the problem with that outcome is that the entire system doesn't exist in this kind of parallel world. It exists in the current world where single people or single institutions or single organizations are who make, who decide what the outcomes or the outputs are based on the actual real world's undergoing things. So you have a system that, speaks to a future where people can do these distributed actions amongst each other and don't have to trust one another because of the underlying system, but due to the dynamics of the actual mechanics of the world, it's useless. It doesn't do anything. The most used thing platform on it is a loan platform to <laughs> loan people money. Uh, it's, it's, the learn. most
2: used thing is being used as maker, being used to lever up ETH pretty much. <laughs> Um, like guys DeFi so,
0: DeFi it's taken over the world
2: but I I, I mean this Jesus. may sound slightly disingenuous because we're each short thesis but, but like broadly speaking I'm a fan of the idea of what Ethereum is and potentially prove a stake like we were talking about this yesterday I mean we had a lot of these long conversations yesterday the um, I think my view of what the of like crypto is though like Taleb said this he was quoting somebody is that like on the federal level, you want to be libertarian, on the state level, Republican, on the uh, county level, Democratic, and family level, Socialist. So governance really depends on the level of what you're talking about, and I can agree with you there. Bitcoin is libertarian, and uh, be, because we're agreeing on the smallest amount of things that, for the system to work off of, it can become a global money, and that's what like, global money should be. Now, for like, a smaller system, potentially something like a private state can work. Where if you you know the intentions of all all of the other people in the system, you can agree on more things. Like local validators and you can go knock exactly. on the door. Or like so, ten
3: banks agreeing with each other. Yeah,
2: so there's I mean there's some things that proof of stake can de- and Johnny's worked on federated side trains and, and whatnot for a while. But uh,
3: well, <laughs> proof of authority works pretty well in that situation too, right? Well, yeah. So ultimately, just like validators that are approved. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So the the ultimate version of that is going to be deterministic hardware that has like a hardware security module. So that that ultimately is going to be the long range. Sorry, guys. No, but
0: sticking on Ethereum, like this is one thing that perplexes me, especially their announcement to move to 2.0. It's like, what what does this say? Like, has Ethereum failed? Have they admitted? Failure.
2: I don't think Ethereum's ever known what it, 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 is, it is or what it's supposed to be. It's always like it's, it's a derivative of Bitcoin and it's always compared itself to Bitcoin. And so it's got caught up in this like, what are we? Like, how do we differentiate ourselves from Bitcoin? So, because of that, there's not a very clear identity. Like, the identity of Ethereum versus Bitcoin when it got started and even today is that like, we're very pro innovation, we're very progressive, right? There's an issue with that because like, you never settle on any identity. There's never a threshold for like, what we are. And There's always so, something better. Exactly. So like, this is why you see everybody who... This is, this is this large debate that's going on in the Ethereum community right now about Ethereum maximalism. Your maximalism is becoming a thing. And and it's like every, they're all realizing. It's beautiful they, irony. They're realizing it's fucking all, awesome, is what it is. <laughs> they're realizing all of the th- the trials and tribulations of big <clears throat> of what bitcoiners have been going through. That there is a problem with only being progressive. With and this ties into general politics as well. Like you need a balance between innovation and conservatism. Like you need like there needs to be a cultural since these are all like all these systems. There's, there's tech and the, um, the, the protocols are rigorous, but what underlies the rigor of the tech protocol is still social. Um, the, the, the social layer is... In every governance system, the social layer, the participants of the system ultimately decide what the system rules are. Um, Bitcoin has decided that we're going to make... like We know what our social rules are, and we're going to stand by them, and we're going to make the threshold changing very very high so we have a lot of stickiness to it I and mean, in many ways Bitcoin is extremely progressive but compared to the rest of the crypto systems it looks extremely conservative your average
3: person is super progressive Right? Would you say? The average person... Like, that... no-coiner. That knows, like, normal economic theory that's, like... Are you talking about, like, generally or in crypto? No, no, no. Just the the average person that's not even exposed to cryptocurrency at all. Most people don't know
2: what they are. Most people spend no time thinking about anything. And they're just parroting what they hear. Right. So, I... I, Very few people actually spend a fair amount of time thinking about what they want their system to be. Um, Like... It, as as we were talking about before. I I genuinely think that there's a natural gravity to socialism because there's always going to be more activist energy there, and the people who are easy like most people, like ninety nine percent of people, are easily swayed, and so they're easily swayed by emotional arguments. They're just going to follow that. But overwhelmingly, generally, people don't care about most things.
3: Like, it's it's like Ethereum. Like it's it's really nice in theory. Yeah. Like I mean, socialism has like got great marketing lines great things yeah. that if everything worked perfectly it might be awesome
2: if like i guess this is a good way of putting it like most people spend all of their time not caring about most things and then when it's time to vote they're they're presented with an emotional appeal they're going to be swayed by the emotional appeal so i mean that-
0: this week is a perfect highlight of that with the Mueller report and everything that went on with that for the last two years like people yeah but
2: people have been hearing on the news about a side of the argument that was that was shown like concretely this is definitely what's happening so nobody was really questioning it um and yeah that's been the comment <laughs> i've stayed away from talking about politics for several years <laughs> now you're gonna you're gonna make me pull up this but, but yeah, yeah that's it. It, I, it. honestly is the best example of that it, like you, it, if you were gonna If you were going to even say, like, I don't believe that there was there was Russia, uh, Russian tempering in the elections. Mm. People would laugh at you (laughs) (laughs) for the last couple of years. We don't even
0: have to get like specific with the Mueller. Most people
2: still don't even believe it because it's I mean, it's just so now and grand for the last couple of years. Like this was this definitely happened. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: I mean, it's coming out that there were some untruths in the reporting that's been going on. That's like. 99% 99% of people are going to these news sources and taking what they say and taking it at yeah, face value yeah. and turning around. And
2: but, but, at the same, but at the same time, so those happen, like those would be dinner conversations and people, but uh, I believe most people outside of those conversations really don't spend that much energy thinking about things. But that's, that's, the pro- that's kind of the problem is because once they are and once there's elections and once there is times to like, vote on policy, people could be very easily swayed. Yeah. No, it's,
0: uh, how do we get people to start I, thinking about this or caring about it can we or is it or is it like it's, it's too large of a problem yeah.
2: the, like when you're trying to like if yeah the i think the best you can do is is like tell the truth and you have to least, like i think you have to be, be optimistic that like the truth lo- in, the, in the long term the truth always wins right and so people can be swayed emotionally for a period of time but eventually they'll come back
3: yeah no the truth does prevail well, I mean, what happens if it's just everything's just broken?
2: There's a chance that it happens, but yeah. I think you have to be optimistic. <laughs> you have to I mean, be optimistic.
3: I mean, Bitcoin gives me peace of mind, right? It's like you have a completely separate, separate yeah. protocol, separate network that's just has has no idea what's going on in the outside world, just doesn't care, just does its own thing. Yeah, according to the specifications.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well the this, this sound money thing is something that we've really never had before and how that could change things is we really we really don't know and then that's what, how why I got into all this is that I was, I went, I was socialist high school I turned libertarian post high school then I stopped caring about politics the, the um like giving it, it's something that gives people back like an individualism and that uh, how that can change things I, I only see that as being like a very net positive yeah
0: personal yeah. sovereignty
3: yeah. taking yeah. control back into your own hands it's not
0: even personal sovereignty it's personal responsibility because it forces you to be to exude extreme ownership over yourself and, and the custody of your your wealth to some extent yeah there's very
3: few things in in society nowadays where if you fuck it up someone can just unequivocally turn to you and be like that was your fuck up and in bitcoin i feel like that's all that happens like every single time someone loses money you're like that was you bro
2: what individualism um encourages is is people like seeking their own truths so it makes it less likely that groups of people fall into this collective like delusion so this is why capitalism long-term works much more better than communism and socialism. Because in communism and socialism, you're essentially tying the whole system together. So once it starts it's fracturing in some ways, it's going to colla- have a catastrophic collapse. With capitalism, you're making, you, the system is much more individualistic and it allows for the individuals to fail by themselves. And so there's no, the, the whole system is ne- can never be compromised like the, the the what's weak always burns off and what prevails is long-term is, is long-term better and i think like if you're a cap if you're a capitalist you have to have a optimistic i think i think this is what the temperament of a socialist and a capitalist is it, it, capitalists long-term believe that that people can like the truth prevails like people the individual like
3: and then the incentives prevail the money prevails
2: yeah. It, i think socialists are approaching the world where human beings are corrupt we need to fix them and we need to fix them in like a very dramatic way
0: you change chemistry it's not going to happen
2: yeah I mean, this is why like i'm i'm very like hesitant and scary when people are trying to think about influencing a whole system be like how do we change this like we're, we're talking about activism i think like i'm hesitant of act like like it's just present the truths and they propagate by themselves like you don't need to like hold somebody down and like yell their face and be like this is how it needs to be so like we it's very it's extremely um what's the word i'm looking for um not uh i'm pretentious it's it's extremely self-grand like grandizing to think that like, what I think is is right, and so you should all believe what I'm thinking. I think it's a little more humble to say, like, my, my views may not be correct. Let's let this play out. Like, the winner wins, and that's probably better for everybody.
0: Right, and I think uh, if we're talking about externalities within Bitcoin, Bitcoin, this is the article that was dropped in the Wall Street Journal today about Steve Barber and upstream data and what they're doing in Alberta by capping the natural gas. Like, this is, like, a like an overt solution to a problem, a big problem that the world is talking about right now, which is global warming and energy efficiency. And it's not governments throwing a bunch of money and making it more efficient. It's the free market basically finding a way to make it more efficient. Yeah.
2: There's two ways to look at glo- like, global. I, I, I don't think it, it's everybody agrees that there's potentially a very large problem with, with glo- global warming, CO2 emission and all that. I think the debate that can't happen, um, that's that nobody wants to have the productive conversation about is what's the best way of going about it, and it, the like the very emotional side of it is we need like massive action by governments that will like force all these mass regulation staff. yeah which, which I don't May like I mean I think this is a complicated issue I don't pretend to, to think that I have the answers to it at all I think the opposite No, but I think way, just like yeah.
3: Historically governments throwing money at problems is not really solved. Yeah, them. that's it's my efficient. major
2: hesitation with, with it. You uh, need cooperation.
3: Yeah. You need global cooperation. That's never gonna fucking happen. We've never had global well, cooperation. I, I,
2: I, but you can't like you can have like I mean like uh, this is a weird example of just cooperation didn't change, but like militias or whatever. Like a, a grassroots movements that people have banded together to solve or there wasn't any enforcement and, and those have uh, those have Force major changes in various part, p, p, parts of history. I think. I mean. I think. If we need militias to save uh, <laughs> no, global I'm warming. I'm saying like just grassroots movements do happen, right? And Bitcoin is. It's. It, it, Bitcoin is an example of of some people weren't forced to do anything. Everybody's kind of risen up individually, and they've bought into this idea themselves that we all agree on. Too is like. I think that's. A, I have an optimistic view of of, of humanity and human beings that. I, like Bitcoin a good thing, and that's happened for a reason. I think, in my hopeful view, that should happen with global warming as well. Like everybody should genuinely see the a problem, and it, the, the grassroots movements should force things so people can stop um, um, so f- using uh, products from companies that are made like that are causing major problems, and that that could be the best way of solving it. Is that we're gonna there's gonna be a lot of unintended consequences of of like. Global governments all bending together to make hard rules on something, but I don't know. That I mean, I may be too optimistic about human beings, so I don't know. We'll see.
0: I'm optimistic too. And hey, you freaks out there, if you go to the bedega, don't get a bag. Just carry out your stuff. You're you're never going to be a bag for bring the Bring your own bag. Or bring your own bag.
3: Yeah, BYOB.
0: BYOB. Um, it's, but- it's
2: like it's 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 kind of weird where like governments aren't letting people do good themselves, right? It's like, is it a good like? this is my view of charity as well, it's like, in in taxes, right, it, like, is forcing people to pay for something, like, we want to, like, s- sit back and look, like, that? that's a net good thing, but was there any actual genuine good act in it? Like, a genuine good act is doing something when you weren't required to do it, and really not talking about it at all. Like, there was other no net benefit for your image or anything else that it was actually a genuinely
3: good act. Yeah. Like helping the yeah. neighbor
0: bring in the groceries, you don't tell people when you go inside. Holding yeah. the door—that's door. a big one. It's another one too,
3: especially in New York. What no are one your, holds the door. I'm
0: interested to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, what if the government were to enact a regulation for these fracking and drilling sites that said if you have so much flare, you need to cap that and mine Bitcoin with it?
3: Well, they're kind of doing that.
2: <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> so I don't, I don't not believe in regulation at all. I think like there's like. Um, it's, it's, like it, things should be nuanced right like there's no I, I'm not a libertarian where no regulation um, all regulation is bad I think um, this is what could kind of changed my view getting deeper into economics in college is like it, it, there could be there's points of a system where the system um, like resonates out of control and so like you need to find the areas of where a system can resonate and kind of cap those but be very very careful Of not going farther than you you have to, so like like regulating uh, oil and gas in certain ways I think is definitely required.
0: Yeah, that's one that's one regulation I've thought of like if you want to help global warming and you want to regulate in a way, don't take money from people. Be like, hey, if we have a means to use this energy you should use it. And if you're not being efficient with it, you're getting fined.
3: But Bitcoin does that, uh, right? <laughs> I'd love for Bitcoin to be involved in regulation <laughs> as
2: well. Yeah.
3: Bitcoin does that naturally through its incentives, right? Because we already have the regulation that says you can't flare a certain amount, mm-hmm. right? So now they're, they, they have to cap their production because they can't flare a certain amount. So, so Steve Barber comes in with upstream data and he goes, he goes, you guys don't have to stop production. Not only that, you can even reclaim some money from your flaring at the same exact time, and they don't have to actually put in the regulation anywhere that you have to do Bitcoin mining, right? That's just the natural end result because we have good incentives set up where there's a financial incentive to fucking do it, right? Right. Like if you have a financial incentive to do something, it's way more likely that people will do it than just if you tell them, you know, they have to play ball or else. Yeah.
0: And I'm not trying to become some status. I was just throwing that idea. You out sound there. very statist. I know. It did sound status. I'm sorry. <laughs> you
3: damn statist.
0: <laughs> we were just talking about... Uh, Johnny back. Johnny's yeah. back. John is back. Johnny just had a call. We were talking about... He's, uh, he's
2: wearing
1: a Greg Maxwell shirt as well. It he always stares at me. Greg's, at Greg's, <laughs> Greg's staring, staring at me and Matt at the same time. <laughs> well, it's weird. I the wore a Jihan Wu shirt at Unconfiscatable. Uh, so that's you so right. you got you to rep the brand. Yeah, You got to
0: rep the Sorry, Jihan. Sorry, Jihan. R.I.P. Bad news week for Jihan. Where did they fuck up in your opinion?
1: uh <laughs> trusting craig wright in any way shape or form Did,
3: what, were I you think, around i think,
1: were, I, think, I, think, I don't think that was the beginning of the problems uh yeah yeah fine fine so i would say that is one example of of them making an error the biggest error they made uh is thinking that they can drive consensus in bitcoin right you no know, part of the entire point is and this, this should be a humbling fact and it also should be an empowering fact bitcoin doesn't give a fuck about you
0: she's a cruel unforgiving bitch
1: but but she also loves you right okay like she cares about you she cares about humanity tough love yeah it's really tough love and that's one of the reasons why i think we're going to have some longer term uh socialist action against bitcoin is because you know, they're going to try and take your keys.
2: What's the weirdest thing to me is there are a fair amount
0: of. How are
1: they going to try and take your the keys? Crypto. They're
3: going to make you disclose addresses, first of all. Yeah. yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Disclose, disclose addresses, addresses and balances. Addresses. And then
1: it's like, oh, you know, every time you send a transaction, you got to make sure you, you pay Uncle Sam. Before. What's the, the, weirdest oh, phenomenon, AOC.
2: the weirdest phenomenon to me at all is that there is a fair amount of socialists in crypto. I mean, right? they, they definitely don't fall to the Bitcoin side, but like.
1: Like the might. unicorn crowd? Like the. Like this, <laughs> like unicorn it's, punk. It's something
2: that. It, it it like fundamentally doesn't really make that much sense. Right. I, I, I don't I don't know. But uh, yeah,
3: it's, now, it's all young people who want change who see a bad world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And want change and they have different. I think. Oh, well, I
2: I guess you could explain it. With all this, um, <laughs> maybe oversimplifying over- the socialist mindset, but it's a very fragmented view of how reality worked and it's just very wrong. So it, it doesn't. It makes sense that things don't
1: make sense in their yeah. in their in their view. It's not that surprising. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean if you think about it like the world has always been capitalistic. Every, everything's nature is capitalistic. Yeah. The the consumption and ownership of resources is basically like is what makes you more dominant or less dominant than someone else. Now, does that mean the biggest cougar doesn't sometimes get killed by like a spontaneous avalanche? No. Like that happens. It happens all the time. But at the end of the day, nature is literally about marshalling resources for your own selfish best interests.
0: Right? Selfish gene. It's going to persist throughout
1: time. That, I actually never read
3: that. Before. That was a great metaphor. Was Large, it? large cougar getting yeah. the avalanche. Yeah. I liked S- it.
1: Sometimes it happens.
3: Let's but, have, yeah. a, let's have a,
0: a short dinosaur tangent. Uh, can you explain the uh, the spine dinosaur that you were? Oh,
1: Spinosaurus. <laughs> yeah. Well, first off, they found a ten. I, I missed this. They, they, found, they, found, they found a, a ten ton Tyrannosaurus Rex in Canada like two weeks ago. They, named Scotty. So that that was two tons larger than any Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> where, where
2: did you where did you read about this? Somewhere on the internet, <laughs> National, National <laughs>
1: Geographic or something. All right. So yes, I could. I guess I could have been like super black pilled, and it's just all fake. But you know. It, Information is information. Okay, so everyone can do do your own due diligence. Okay, do your all own right. dinosaur research. Yeah. people. Yeah. Um, do your own dinosaur. So, 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 so T Rex had actually been relegated into like the smaller, large apex predators.
0: It was a beta apex.
1: Uh, yeah, because like there were Carnotaurus, Gigantosaurus, and all these other larger uh, creatures like Megaraptor were just proving to be more vicious, higher order uh, predators because of their size. Now we know that an adult T. Rex can be as large as ten or 12, uh, 12 tons. It's competing again, but nothing competes against Spinosaurus. Spinosaurus is a fucking Spinosaurus monster. is a boss, dude. The, the a spine on Spinosaurus, the spine on Spinosaurus alone is larger than most apex predators. Like <laughs> his spine, just the bone structure that he used for uh, heating and cooling and hunting, and just sheets. the bone spine.
0: And that was our dinosaur tangent of the day. Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) we
3: had a 15 minute conversation on dinosaurs before you got here Tom I'm,
2: I'm really sorry I missed it
3: dude it's it's fascinating
1: I, 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 I have to get
3: back how, to
2: how it. did that even come up
1: because of <laughs> my, my boy because he's, he's oh, so, oh yeah so yeah, then he's going to be you know? like <laughs> I'm reading the books to him so okay, it's like, that makes, and I'm that like makes, what makes, this is so that awesome makes, like, that makes like, a whole lot more yeah. sense yeah. because think about it, in, the t- in the 20 or 25 years that you've since you were last like super into dinosaurs because most human males are into dinosaurs and they're young it's just like it's a thing because they're cool my nephew's it, um, so twenty five years have passed, yeah. and the the paleo whatever they're called the paleontologists have like discovered all this new stuff, and it's kind of ridiculous. Like I was telling um I was telling them about, and we'll end this after this. Sorry, this it, is just so cool. Uh, <laughs> like there's there's this new this 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 breed of raptor called the Utah raptor. They've been doing research on. Turns out Utah raptor, this thing would have been terrifying in the modern era, covered in photochromatic feathers, so it was semi-active camo when it's standing still, okay? Yeah. Like chameleon status, all right? It was like 32 feet long, okay? Weighed like six tons, can move like 35 miles an hour, okay? Has echolocation and strong uh, communication between hunting packs.
2: This sounds like those bird creatures in Avatar.
1: A little bit, a little bit, yes. (laughs) But like, bigger and just hyper-aggressive because hyper-aggression is what basically ruled. Like, you saw something and you just try and kill it. Because it's meat. So it's like, I want meat. Like, th- like the brain process is like, meat, feed me. Get. <laughs> like 35 <laughs> miles an hour. Terrifying creature chasing after you. And then the, the Ankylosauruses, I was telling you guys about that too. The, um,
2: does, your, does your son know all this, these stats He knows well? more dinosaur names than I do. Really? It's wow. kind of
1: hilarious. Uh, he has favorites and he can, like, he can list like his 15 favorite dinosaurs. How old is he now? Three. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> he can say Sukumimus.
0: Suchomimus. yeah. I, can, I can't I can speak too well, so your son may be able to speak better than you me. You
1: just said it. That was pretty good. Yeah, well, it was not it bad. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now try baryonyx.
0: Baryonyx? Yeah. There we okay. go. There we go. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome sl- to
1: your local dinosaur pod. Yeah, yeah, come
0: for the Bitcoin, stay for the dinosaur
1: pod. <laughs> <dinosaur. laughs> <laughs> well, 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 think about it. We're actually, it. It actually kind of applies because we're talking about how... Natural we're, we're, selection. Yeah, we're talking, about, we're talking about selection criteria and the uh, oh, yeah. success conditions for capitalism. And if you think about it, the same thing happened to the dinosaurs over hundreds of millions or tens of millions of years. Like I was about to say, the ankylosauruses, with the best example of that being Gastonia, it was covered in a six-inch bone plate. It's entire upper body. Six-inch bone plate. Like, think about the millions of years of iterative improvements required from, like, the apex males and the apex females of that species to end up with where you are literally a walking tank.
0: What were they going through that, like, forced them to evolve that way? Like, who was, like, hitting them on the back and some shit,
1: like... Well, that's how all of the... Well, so the, the the major predators atta- basically attacked in three ways. T-Rex would crush... the do crushing bites. Um, dinosaurs like uh, Allosaurus, um, Carnotaurus, Sparyonyx, Suchomimus would attack with, like, this slashing function where they would... They kind of disjoint their jaw, and they come in like an axe, and then they just... They hit you, and if they hit you, you bleed out. Because it's a fucking allosaurus. It's like a (laughs) six-ton creature. If it hits you with, if it's jaws and axe and it hits you with the full force of itself, you're going to bleed out. And then the third is like the raptors who use like, um, they use their leg, the the leg claws. Um, Talon. Yeah, they use talons to basically inflict the same kind of damage that occurs from the, uh, from the axe creatures.
2: This is fascinating. I know,
1: right? So if you think about it, that is literally capitalism. <laughs> right. Like the evolution of those skills. Like for example, the reason why the, the raptors have that, the, the, the claw that's like arced up, it literally evolved over time so that the claw didn't drag on the ground so it didn't get dull. Whoa. That is literally a hundred, if not tens of millions, if not hundred million year innovation to make it so that your claw that you use to kill shit doesn't get dull. And it's just something simple as like it's not touching the ground. It's arced up which if you think about it from like an evolutionary biology perspective it was like there was a chicken at one point and then the chicken had a slightly sharper claw than everyone else and then it won as a result of having that and then one or two apex males had like a slight modification where the nail is like a little bit off the ground and as a result they're more successful predators over time and as a result they they have a larger harem like it's literally capitalism right just played out in nature yes played out in nature with far more vicious outcomes I mean
2: just systems systems and like current state of things are always just so much more complicated than we understand and it's like to reject how things are like there's obviously you want a part of that to progress but to reject things as they are you don't know why those things are there to begin with right exactly
0: to try to to fix millions of years of revolution in one generation you're not smarter
2: than evolution sorry right (laughs) yeah well let's
0: get back to this concept of us not realizing we're in nature or not i would argue we do but like a lot of people seem to like Abstract humanity from nature. It's like a
1: hypothecation of our position as as just normal creatures that just happen to have some self reflection capacity. Right. We're really not that special, right? Yeah. That's it. Like that's our innovation. We're actually kind of average, except for that.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: Like think about think about like a dolphin. I think you're I think you're underplaying the.
2: the, the, the <laughs> <laughs> hard, <though>. Yes, <laughs> we got a human maximus. <laughs> well, well, right. Yeah. yeah. But, I, I'm but, a, I'm a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've it's fine. It's, it's fun. It's fun. It.
1: If you think about, for example, how we would compete in the natural arena of a dolphin, yeah. we would lose catastrophically. We are reasonably Chill. Chill. frail things. I think I could take a dolphin. Have you I, ever
0: jumped in the ocean and like tried to swim? It's fucking terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it's quite hard. It's quite hard. We flail. We flail, like yeah. we, we, we. Big uh, surf. I've been yeah. surfing
0: my whole life. It's still fucking hard. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so it, no, it's not. Yes, that that capacity is a wonderful thing. But I think if we left the chimpanzees and the apes alone for tens of millions of years as well, they will eventually will evolve into that capacity as well. We have chimpanzees and apes that can do fairly complicated things. Yeah. Some of them are smarter than hey, the average sixth grader. We have crows, in crows in using vending ways. machines in different ways. In different ways the, yeah. yeah, I
2: was watching something the other day about chimps how they can track. Like they can see a flash of a pattern of numbers like up to like, I don't know, like 20 or something, flash of it and then track those numbers where they were. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's, yeah, so, so they, they, mean, they have different working numbers. Like the consciousness thing, yeah. I think is a different. And then they situation.
0: get the concept of fairness too. Do you see that study where the one monkey was getting grapes and the other was getting cucumbers and, or they were both getting grapes at one point and then uh, at some point the researcher switched from giving one a grape and the other a cucumber and the one that got the cucumber was so pissed off because the other one was getting a grape and he was getting a cucumber and he just like, Got that inherent unfairness of the situation. I would
1: prefer eating the cucumber, person. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> that was an
3: interesting preference by the chimp. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they... <laughs> well, g-
1: grapes are higher in sugar, so that's, that's, that's probably some mechanical, yeah. you know, thing you go. going
0: on. No, sorry, we are animals. People forget that. Be aware, freaks! You're animals.
1: Yeah. <sighs> yeah.
2: Don't reject. Don't try to be better than that. Put yeah. But, yeah. Do well. but do as <laughs> well. Do as well.
3: Yoda. Well, this <laughs> is what I think is if we if
1: we can get to post scarcity. Everything's going fi- to be fine. Right. It's like, that's... The I like that line. Yeah. Let's, Everything's going to be into fine. The oh,
3: yeah.
0: How yeah. do we get there? So, what does it look like? So
1: think, think, about, think about a lot of the uh, resources that are used in the higher order, uh, mechanically sophisticated uh, machines we use today. TV, recorder, laptop, computer. 21 computer. T- 21 computer. Macallan. A, a car, a, a fabricator for chips themselves. Uh, a mining company, a boring company, all these things require expensive metals, catalysts like platinum, palladium, iridium, uh, fuel sources and energy sources to run. If I can pull an asteroid out of the sky that is a hundred million times more current supply of the total stock of gold, palladium and platinum on the earth, the prices of those goods drop to nothing. And the cost of building machines that currently are limited in builds or or, or infrastructure that's costly to build because of the power constraints or the power costs of building them or the machining costs for for building the machines or the machines themselves, if we remove the the major cost basis from those, building more infrastructure gets radically cheaper. And suddenly we don't have all these fucking hard conversations about making resource delineation choices because we have so many fucking resources. It's a fucking no-brainer. How
0: far away from mining asteroids are we?
1: Oh, that's a great question. And do
0: we know how many asteroids are passing us? I
1: I got pitched on a really interesting, uh, and by really interesting, I mean a total scam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, block, a blockchain where they, they were going to sell you, they were going to sell you percentages of asteroids that had rare earth metals in oh, yeah, them. super legit. And then when it's worth enough money, go get them and bring them back. So you're the owner for now. You have a put option. You have on- a put option on this fucking <laughs> asteroid. Good luck getting at it, but don't worry. You own it. It's yours. It's your asset.
0: How can they tell what uh, materials are on the asteroid before they decide to mine
1: it? Uh, F- there's 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 some methods. Yeah. The that, like there's like resin. That it has v- to be on the blockchain as well. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. With 100%. AI and machine learning. <laughs> yeah. Too. Because think, yeah. think about what that would do to world markets. If you went and you pulled an out, you pulled one of those asteroids, you came back with it, and let's say you you don't drop it like a fucking meteor on earth but you like just it, you keep idiot. it there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you keep, you keep it you keep hey, it You got you, you all keep this polarity of it destroyed you it China. There. If you, you, whoever owns that asteroid owns massive percentages more of the total supply of all the rare earth metals on earth. It'd be great for Bitcoin. Everyone is, everyone who is holding those metals is worth nothing now. Right. Worth nothing. Those, their, their resor- the resources that they were hoarding or using or kept in the ground or were holding in banks, nothing, instantaneously. It's one of the reasons why I'm short gold in the long run.
3: Short gold, sure. long Bitcoin. Yeah,
1: well, in the long run. I would, I, like right now, gold's not a terrible hedge.
0: So. Like how far away yeah. from a type one civilization are we? What har- does that mean? Like harnessing all the energy on the earth and in our star. I feel like Oh, you mean like a
1: Dyson sphere? Yeah. That kind of shit? We're a ways from that. <laughs> we are, we're having trouble getting people to agree to build nuclear power plants, okay? Yeah. Like, let alone fucking... The infrastructure requirements around building a Dyson sphere. Oh, speaking of, Brian Bishop had a really interesting way to solve uh, global warming. You put, you put a, you, you send a satellite up with a thin plastic film, and then you just put the plastic film in front of the fucking sun, and it just drops the solar radiation by like one percent. Solves all of our problems.
0: It's better. It seems better than uh, chemtrailing ourselves with the the particles that people want to do uh, to solve it. Have you heard that? No, no. What's uh, people want to drop like a certain chemical like in the atmosphere
2: I I, I heard that yeah just uh, building up clouds or whatever it's like
0: cloud Uh,
3: seeding and shit like that right Yeah.
1: okay isn't that that what they did in the matrix it's like terraforming they Yeah, up killing everyone (laughs)
3: yeah they they, they, (laughs) like bombed the
0: sky to to blot out the sun because the machines were using solar and and they just used human blood as their uh, energy source after that
3: I can Uh, see that as the end result you know us fucking with Trying to chemically change the environment and fucking with it too much.
0: Yeah. I'd rather not. I'd rather
3: try to not.
1: Well, that's what Bezos wants to turn the earth into just light industry and residency. I then mean, heavy industry
3: and space. Why wouldn't we live in space? Why would we if live in space? If you are wealthy, you do that too. Okay, okay? true.
1: Because so, it costs money so, like, low-income to get housing. to space. Low-income like, housing on earth. Well, but it's not low-income housing because <laughs> it's nice in that world. Right. Everything is extremely cheap. I don't know if I'd want to live in space.
0: I like gravity
3: that would be, be cool to live on like a gravity. planet. A you can invent it. You can emulate like yeah.
1: Terraform like, Mars. You get, like
0: Dragon Ball Z gravity chamber stuff.
1: Uh, more like you just rotate things yeah, that's fast true. and, yes. and there you emulate the sensation. yes. Yeah. So that um, yes, that makes yeah, a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, and, you, like, and on Mars, like you have two thirds gravity, so that's equivalent enough that you're not going to have like catastrophic effects. Yeah. So now, if you live in low gravity environments, it starts to mess with the um, the biological clocks, though. So you can't you can't do that for very long. So sure, under those conditions, I agree with you. Under conditions where living in non-gravity affects your health. Obviously, you wouldn't want to fucking live in those conditions.
3: Yeah. Can, can I run us through a thought experiment? No. Shut because up. Because I feel that. like Johnny would be well suited here. If you were to kill Bitcoin today, how would you kill Bitcoin? Ooh. That
1: is a good like, question. So you're Very like a woke question.
3: regulator. You know, you're in power. You have, you have some things you can do. What, what would you do to kill Bitcoin? Turn the power off for 72 hours. The Everywhere. whole world? Everywhere? Worldwide. You'd never, weird, that You'd never be able <laughs> to pull you, that off. You'd never be able to pull that off. Would you destroy like,
0: the world in the process?
1: No, people would yeah, be looting this, the, the the you know the stores and stuff. But by the time everything came back online, everyone's shorting everything, and everything goes to zero.
3: Even Bitcoin, though. Probably. I feel Bitcoin. like we're resilient to that. Like the Bitcoiners would be why like, is "This very is very our shot right, to why shine." Why all right. Because there was just a catastrophic event that resulted in all power going off for seventy-two hours.
2: Could you individually pull that off? Maybe like uh, how much am I being you, paid? How much anybody, am I being paid? Is anybody capable of pulling that yes. off? Is yes. Solar flare can yeah. pull that yeah. off.
3: Who would pull that off? Solar, a solar flare. Is, I'm could. saying
2: you're asking an individual of I'm have asking. A and individual. and like yeah. there's,
1: there's a couple of ways. Like the thing is, is it requires substantial coordination. Most most things that involve the use of or building of infrastructure for to, towards a common or, or selfish goal require infrastructure, and to get infrastructure in place requires coordination, and coordination is extremely difficult. And we're yeah. finding that out. Yes In real time So oh. you're saying It's extremely hard To kill Bitcoin It's extremely hard To kill Bitcoin yeah. um, I also think It doesn't make any sense To kill Bitcoin If you're a government You should want Bitcoin To exist You, you should buy it Buy it and yeah. hold some It's Why, a reserve.
0: why aren't they Who's going to be the first one? To Maybe they it? are. We're, Venezuela, we're, 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 obviously.
2: Everybody doesn't really fully appreciate how early on all this stuff that really is. That's I another mean, thing we
0: talked about in this class today. It was like, I, was mean, so you
2: really, I don't think you really fully appreciate how early on it is. Until, like, unless you have a r- real good view of existing market infrastructure and then work into Bitcoin market infrastructure. And it's extremely JV. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're telling uh, me the exchanges are JV, bro?
1: I mean, we're we're, like, we're 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 getting close to like 1980. <laughs> right. I, don't even think,
2: I don't even think we're there yet. The I I, I mean, I think Bitcoin goes through these natural boom bust cycles, and it and it boom and the bust starts when there's no new buyers and it's prohibited by the infrastructure. So like we're the over at, so this happens in commodity cycles as well. It's like the price increases; it, it allows for. An expansion of the infrastructure more and, miners then, and then when there's a bust you make the infrastructure a lot more efficient and so we've been going through a, a market infrastructure efficiency process now for about a year and a half and like it's very very like like the from like uh top of the market to now market, market infrastructure is extremely better like right because
0: you and it's from multiple angles right Segwit's obviously one at the protocol level but like I mean, December, I, 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 December 2017, you couldn't use Coinbase. I, like, like, I, I, it, like if you wanted to Bitcoin buy. Bitcoin protocol
3: is almost especially like especially that Tuesday where they ninja launched uh, <laughs> Bitcoin <laughs> Cash.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin protocol is almost operating as its own thing. Uh, the, like how you can, I think you could tie price of Bitcoin to market infrastructure, like custodians, like. They're acting kind of like banks didn't really come online for Bitcoin, which is where, in my opinion, most of Bitcoins are going to be held. Yeah. We just got Fidelity. Yeah. Fidelity was what, like so, yeah. two months ago that's in a beta very, or a something. That's an extremely new phenomenon. So, they, like, also, they also said they're not doing Ethereum for at least nine months, right? Yeah, yeah. It's confusing of the, because of their hard fork. I yeah. think it's more reasons than that, but yeah, that's definitely, <laughs> that's that's definitely, definitely one of them. One of them. Um, so yeah, the like, mar- like a market infrastructure now is kind of set up is this I'm still very much improving pretty rapidly it's getting set up for like a next cycle and i think we're going to continue to have these cycles i got, i could kind of see two pretty clearly playing out over the next five ten years
0: yeah i definitely don't think the one we just went through is the last nor the one we're coming we're definitely
2: up. not set up for governments to care about it at all like uh, nor should they honestly they're I mean, they still super cocky
3: they're still super cocky about I, it right? i mean no i don't it's i don't not think about it at
2: all it's talking about 65 billion dollars of like a of something it's a drop it's, in the bucket it's a, like you really should like if, if you're in the position you shouldn't be taking it that that seriously but you they know? have
3: to, if they don't take it seriously now they're fucked
2: no I don't think so I think like you'd be setting yourself up very well if you st- you did in my opinion we're all bullish here so that's I'm not saying anything controversial um you would obviously be making a bet on something that I think will play out really well um but I like if you're really being, if you're living not in this world, and like you really shouldn't be taking it seriously yet. Like it, the the dominoes haven't fallen yet for you to be, be doing so.
1: I'd also argue that like due to the fact that certain nation states like the states have twelve aircraft carriers, the extent to which they care about any other monetary unit or any other asset class is just like, can you stop my twelve aircraft
3: carriers? Right. So that's like, why you can't have five nodes on the network yeah, or something. This is why
1: I don't think the U.S. under any scenario is fucked. Other governments that have much worse monetary policy and controls, including their military for, force projection. Are certainly in much more, much closer in line to being in trouble, especially during maybe the next one cycle or maybe two. Well, especially
3: since it looks less likely that America will crack down, right? So, like once yeah, I mean, you have America complacent America, with America the picture. America government
2: is still pretty robust. Where yeah. I mean, why would they? Like uh, they're better
3: off just buying it. Like if I was just, no, the
2: government doesn't care. But uh, if you're going to approach it from as Bitcoin is a threat. Like I think the, gov- the US government is much more robust where there'd be a much more rounded discussion about that, that they're not going to be taking any drastic actions on that side do you at think, all but, do you think
3: Trump owns Bitcoin?
2: I I mean I know his son does he does he yeah. definitely owns Bitcoin no, I know okay. he does Yeah.
3: there you go so he basically owns Bitcoin. Trump
1: doesn't own anything. It's a blind trust. Firm.
3: It's a blind trust. Yes. He, can't see, he, he can't, can't see it. He can't see it. I don't know.
1: I, I, I honestly don't know. Uh, I'm,
2: I'm sure he's heard of it. It'd be hard for anybody to not heard of it at this, fe- this point in time.
3: But I'm telling you, I, I don't
2: right? think I like people are saying it's gonna come up in presidential election. Maybe Yang Gang brings it up. I don't. I think we're Yang's
3: just, gonna give us twelve thousand dollars <laughs> in Bitcoin every year. Well, like yeah, essentially, it's yeah, like it's I got my oh. stats. Where everybody's
2: years. like so impatient of like. Like the world, like we need hyper bitcoinization tomorrow. It's gonna to be a lot longer yeah, process. It, per- still, it sounds so ridiculous to say. Like, I, I do believe it's inevitable in a lot of ways but it's just a lot longer than what people think. Yeah, I I've, been dry dry years, I've been dropping years. the
0: hyper from hyper-Bitcoinization just, just yeah. saying Bitcoinization. No, I mean,
2: 10 years is... A, it's, what's your relative time frame? 10 years is a, Ten years for a... 10 years rate. is a long time. No, 10 it. years for dramatic change is not... I mean, yeah. it, like internet it, coming In Bitcoin line, years, very, that's like very, a century. The iPhone so,
0: came out 10 years ago.
2: That's
3: so 10 years change. in
2: terms of being... If you're an it agent, was a shitty iPhone. Ten was. years It depends on your time frame of things. I think because we've gotten used to tech innovation happening so quickly... That ten years feels pretty long right now, um, but I th- that we're talking like tech innovation, which it more impacts like social it- social change. On like a communication basis, is easier to change versus like macroeconomics. Macro- commerce. Econo- macroeconomic commerce just goes through longer cycles. Right, like, if people. It's just that's just how it is. Yeah. You like yeah.
0: No, it's and again it goes back to what we were talking. When John was on the phone, like be the change you want to see in the world, like do the things the change that you want to bring in.
3: Like, Thanks, Gandhi. Buying,
0: buying whole Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> I am not as skinny as Gandhi, but uh, I do say that line every once in a while. Gandhi,
3: Gandhi would have been a Bitcoiner. It's the ultimate form of nonviolent protest. It is. It is. And let's Actually, talk... you know a hunger strike is best yeah. form of nonviolent protest. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you can't make any money from a hunger strike. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that to the Gandhi candidate. <laughs>
1: Ah,
0: so let's shift this. uh, You've talked to, are we uh, talk about you talking to the government about this stuff?
1: Uh, I mean, so I'm advising the SEC on like custody standards, compliance standards, and um, kind of market structure because of some of the work I've done in the space. Um, They're they're 18 months behind where anyone thinks they are. Yeah. So Um,
0: what what kind of conversations are you having, or what can you? Well,
1: like we're. Like, they're still concerned that, like, no major auditing firm, like the Big Four, are auditing anyone's key schemas yet. To the extent that anyone is auditing anyone's key schemas. So because well, the incentives are broken,
3: yeah. right? They don't want to take that risk. They don't well, even want to yeah, be that. Well, yeah, well, if you think about it, there's,
1: there's personal incentives for the individuals at the SEC as well, and then there's the incentives for the SEC, the, or the institution. So those are different. Um,
3: I, I mean at the Big Four. Like, there's no incentive for the Big Four to even dip same, their fucking toe same, in, right?
1: Same... same and in a bilateral sense, the same kind of incentive structure exists for the people inside the big four and the institution that right. is one of them itself. So there's, um, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, the biggest problem that the SEC has right now with what they call the qualified custodianship rule for, for, for Bitcoiners is that because Bitcoin's not qualified as a security, if I deposit Bitcoin to a registered ATS or a brokerage or an exchange, and that exchange brokerage or ATS goes bankrupt... Because Bitcoin isn't qualified as a security, it's not clear what happens in a bankruptcy court when the exchange goes to pay out its creditors or those that are uh, you know, entitled to you know, their pound of flesh from the institution. So in a classic uh, brokerage, ATS, or exchange world, when I deposit my, uh, my, my IBM shares or when I deposit my Apple shares to the institution, in the event of a bankruptcy of that institution, I get my property back because of securities law. Because Bitcoin's not a security it's not clear that maybe a bankruptcy judge goes, nah, that goes to the top line creditors. Done, gavel. So,
0: Are we learning anything from the Mt. Gox uh, so that, situation?
1: That, so that It's more that the, the first real qualified custodians for, uh, for the exchange of Bitcoin will just be people who use a trust structure and then the trust will loan the Bitcoin to the exchange brokerage or ATS. And as a result of it being a loan to the actual performing institution, that's a security. You will
0: have a claim on that. Yes,
1: and hmm. then that will pay back to the trust. And now the solvency chain is is the trust actually doing what's required with regards to the you know the proper uh, mechanics around the controlling the, the asset. So I think we're close to having like legitimate exchanges, like we're like actual changes, like um, like the ISIS backed and Fidelity, where they actually qualify as a real custodian, and people can actually sort of trade it with legitimate money. Versus right now, it's like. How do you how do you trade on Gemini or Coinbase? You send like a wire transfer and then it's just like that's the that's it. You can't can't trade against your other portfolio, the asset's stuck in that one specific spot. There's like there's a lot of mechanics that make this a lot like nineteen eighty in yeah, normal finance. It's like I have a single prime brokerage, I put my money with that prime brokerage, I can only trade people who trust the exact same prime brokerage. Nineteen eighty. That's where Bitcoin is right now.
0: What's more important at this point? Protocol development build out or infrastructure, you think? In- like, do we, we still have fun- fungibility, scalability to solve?
1: Fun- scalability is, that's a long, long, long range. I think,
2: I mean, I think Bitcoin works as, as it is, right? I yeah. do as well. So, I mean, that's, and so, yeah, I mean, both are important, but Bitcoin works as is. I think some protocol changes would have massive, uh, great fallout as well. But um, yeah, I, I think probably infrastructure right now if you're interested in price and adoption Mm -hmm. um there's just still a major amount of friction involved for the individual that's kind of gone away but for institutions to get comfortable like they're just not comfortable Mm -hmm. um yeah so i mean the the infrastructure is jv is the best way of describing it yeah Yeah. it's been checked bush league bush league is the best way of describing it. not even jv Every, like, everybody's been kept, keeps getting caught off guard by price increasing and then like we were left with the existing infrastructure and, and <laughs> so yeah, look at the
3: 2017 run. like they couldn't even open accounts quick enough and verify accounts. All the yeah. exchanges were going down. This is my, this is, like no. what,
2: we were talking about this yesterday. This is my reason why I think the next cycle happens a lot faster. Than this, everyone says it yeah, it's yeah, bullshit, I, I just, right. I just, well, I mean, there's a, re- there, there's a good reason for that because we're becoming more of commodity cycles, like just larger movements. We're talking about larger mass, so we're not special, really there right? yet. No, like, like the, I understand the reason for cycles getting longer, and I do agree with that in the long run. I think the next cycle happens a lot faster, though, because. Um, there's a lot more money that's on the side. And it's ready. It's ready to go. Well, and then the friction for them getting involved is, is like is a massive is a massive fraction of that. There's a much is if the there's so much friction has been removed since last cycle. That's what I'm saying. Say yeah. Cool. yeah. And, and there's cycle, so many there
3: sophisticated a- investors that literally have their money like their cash just sitting there that can move into Bitcoin within a matter of hours. Like, they could just yeah, come into yeah, Bitcoin, yeah. like, super easy.
2: Like, we, there wasn't, f- like... Yeah, like the exchanges were a lot more... JV. So, 2016, 2017... Look at Polo, for instance. So Polo's wanted, fucking old by Goldman you got now. So, if you all of a sudden got interested... If you all of a sudden just got interested in Bitcoin um, in the beginning of 2017, it would have taken you probably, like... Like, from, like, from stop to go to buying Bitcoin it probably would have taken you like two and a half weeks like three and a half months yeah.
3: it would have taken you three months to get into Bitcoin no, in if, you will, uh, like if
2: you had no connection if you had a connection to Coinbase or Gemini or whatever could what can kind of connection out, wanted, well like a get, buddy get out, that worked there so you here? have to like so in order to get Bitcoin nothing <laughs> I'm interested in being in 2017 of have
3: $100,000 you need to be on board a hundred thousand dollars coinbase what's the limits when you first sign so, for yeah. a coinbase you know, account right? it. it's like fucking tiny so if you tiny. nobody no connections it, made no it connections. Like three, three that's what i'm saying weeks. yeah no longer than that three months like two months to get i don't right? know that i don't know about that but like three weeks um three weeks to get a hundred thousand dollars into bitcoin yeah. no coinbase account no network nothing about three bullshit weeks. Yeah, no way three took, weeks. You, took you way longer <laughs> maybe either way but, three weeks is a while right yes, yes. and now but, it's way shorter
2: now it's a matter of like
3: hours, yeah. pretty much. I okay, mean, yeah. like
2: yeah. you could, like, assuming you're on board, which most people are now. There's a lot of streams for being onboarded, um, so the flow. There's a lot of dry powder sitting on the side. Everybody's kind of playing this bottom hunting game now. And even something yeah. like
3: CME, would be super easy to get a CME. Yeah, so register, a lot of people right? are
2: onboarded. There's then the the um, the streams and routes for for trading it. Everybody's kind of onboarded in different types of ways. The money flow can happen a lot faster. So this next cycle, I think, is different. Like, you can't just look at it broadly. These are the metrics. The last cycle happened. Let's lengthen them out. I think the situation is a little bit different. So and once there's some momentum, the price of Bitcoin and the demand for Bitcoin are extremely reflexive. And that's why we have these boom-bust cycles. And everybody forgets
1: the having. Yeah, right. the, what the having. What yeah, having? Yeah, exactly.
3: The having's priced in, though, dude. Yeah, yeah, Ari told me. Ari <laughs> Paul told me, Mr. Uh, $100 million man over there.
0: Uh... I had a question,
3: I th- I had a question to follow up with you, um, yeah. and I forgot it. Go, what you were going to say? What was I going to say? I don't I'll remember either. My issue with protocol development is I don't think we're in a position. I think I think Bitcoin's fine. Like, I don't think I think to visualize. I'm interested to hear what John has to say about this. John, where are we?
0: Do we need fungibility? It, so yeah, really, like, I think
2: long term. i would say long term. I guess so. There's a there's a reflexivity between the invest in quote unquote. I, there's no such thing as investing in Bitcoin because it's speculation. Like investment is a uh, a, a investment by definition is an expectation of, of somebody doing something to get a return. Cash flow, there's uh yes. if we're thinking of Bitcoin as a commodity, you're just expecting the price to go up for various reasons. It's technically considered speculation. Um, I think the, the there's very much long term benefits from like Schnorr, Taproot, and all these things yeah. coming out. I uh, yeah, it, 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 it allows for the demand for the Bitcoin ledger to increase exponentially in ways that I don't think we completely understand yet. And then I think that's very much long, a long-term benefit for the security of Bitcoin. Yeah. And this kind of feeds into like the one major uh, concern for Bitcoin is, is there, with the Bitcoin having a cap supply, is the long-term, uh, is Bitcoin able to have long-term security for that? I think it, like a lot of these implementations allow for much different types of demand into Bitcoin that feed into the
1: fee structure. Market, yes. So Jevon's
0: paradox comes into play if, if these are enabled to some degree.
1: Well, I mean, we saw we, we Bitcoin survives well under conditions of extremely high demand, high stress. We saw that in 2016 and 2017. So. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, it's even better in those situations. Yeah, yeah. There,
1: there are there are some long there are some longer range things that we that are not necessarily resolved, but they're like they're extremely long. Yeah. The
0: man man on your shirt was popping champagne for, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: it it works. It works under stress. It's just, you gotta remember that's, that's, that's really hard for most systems to natively stress test themselves. Right. Um,
3: uh, my worry it's, it's is so funny
2: cause, like the counter argument people make who are not pro Bitcoin being like that was a major fail of the system, but it, yeah, it's like saying crap, hey, okay if I have to like I can't get into a restaurant for two weeks this restaurant has failed right right <laughs> but, but <laughs> this no, restaurant and, sucks you know, nobody goes you know, there it's, and they, if it's fun. the man that got it to that point right and if they and it's, charge it's, you it's ten dollars you get in it's because I think people you know, view like, Bitcoin is fuck? a system and it's like the demand for it like people have various different types of demand for it and so if the fees go up. Those the people who have much higher demand for it for various reasons,
1: they're prioritized like they'll yeah. they'll need that, it. And that, that, I, that, that and whole it. auction method is kind of foreign to people. because yeah. And it actually kind of speaks to the socialism capitalism argument. It makes people uncomfortable to think about the fact that I can cut you in line by paying money. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, Whoa. But cutting me yeah, in line. Yeah, as yeah. Well yeah. As I, think pay like, money.
2: I think why like, if you're approaching Bitcoin as like a tech platform thing, then you could you would think that. I think this is the case for Ethereum. This is what we wrote in our e- short thesis It's very very different than Bitcoin because the Bitcoin has like the inelastic versus elastic demand part of it. Bitcoin can survive high periods of fees because it being primarily a, a money thing like they're versus the like the alternatives, it all, will always kind of make sense. Right.
3: Like, you Ethereum, might not want to pay ten dollars for if a, you're DAP, think, if you're but thinking, you will pay. Yeah, for money. yeah.
2: So if like if a like Ethereum's uh, fee market is kind of going up ten or like extremely volatile, and trying to handle a large number of contract calls or whatever, it will completely cut demand. And so if there's DApps built on it, and now DApps have an all um, have. The ability to port over to different contra- smart contract platforms, or they're going to be doing yeah. that. Yeah. So, and it's not, it's like, they're going to be doing that and not looking back. So it's like, you can like inelastic versus elastic supply. So my, not inelastic versus the elastic demand.
3: My fear is two years down the line, U.S. government says, disclose all your addresses, tell us exactly how much Bitcoin you own. We're not ready for that. We need protocol improvements for that, right? So, from
1: a fungibility perspective, yeah. you think that the United States government is going to demand to know all of your assets?
3: I think they're going to send us like a questionnaire that's going to be like, give us all your assets. Did is, you see what Canada sent out? That, did you well, see what Canada sent Canada's a socialist out? nation. We are not a socialist nation. <laughs> so, <laughs> right.
1: Um, so, let's be clear. This, this nation is based on the premise of liberty and free enterprise. If those conditions change, I will no longer be an American. I would leave. Like, liberty right. and free enterprise is, the, is what defines an American it I mean there are other historical things that also define what it means to be an American but that ultimately is that the enforcement of the conditions of free enterprise and liberty if you don't have those things that exist in America anymore it's not America anymore like so it you're talking about a totally well let's
0: this is another theme on this podcast in particular like we I think we are frogs boiling in water and trending towards the socialist sort of
1: tendencies I, I wouldn't I wouldn't buy I wouldn't buy the mainstream media's attempts to to brainwash you about that
0: no it's not it's not the mainstream media I worked my, the CIO the investment fund I worked for out of college was Dmitry Alexiev he came from post-Soviet Russia he immigrated in 94 and I'll never forget a conversation we had in 2012 it revolved around the TSA in particular but he talked about immigrating in 94 and walking to the airport and crying because of the amount of freedom he felt like the first time walking to the airport yeah. And he said, like, somebody who's coming from that perspective, uh, 16, or excuse me, 20 years later, almost 18 years later, uh, was sitting there looking me in the eyes, being like, Marty, like, we're slowly but surely getting to what I ran away from in Soviet Russia, using the TSA as an example and and other things.
1: Of course, like, the security apparatus around us has gotten substantially more sophisticated because of terrorism. Yes. So... Well, is, it,
0: is the TSA even that sophisticated?
1: No, but yeah, yeah. there are other mechanics in play that you don't see. That's just security theater. It's a jobs program, basically. Um, mm. Same as with the army, almost army proper. What is a
0: jobs program? Socialism?
1: Um, so, yes. Like, but, again, and this is why I say we're in a race against socialism. Capitalism's in a race. It just matters who's, like, does, does capitalism lose the lead? So mm-hmm. I don't think it's lost for lead. So that's why I don't worry so much about getting a demand letter about all my balances. Um, on the technical front, on the defensive mechanics for your ability to obfuscate in the event of those things, uh, in the event of that... As event, an American, you know, not yeah. as in a Bitcoiner, as yeah. an American. As an American, you uh, the, there are a lot of very, very interesting fungibility improvements that are happening to Bitcoin. Uh, the Zero Link one is pretty fascinating. Uh, the simultaneous open and close that leverages the lighting Network, as we talked about earlier, is another fascinating one. Uh, in the longer run, I think that the mechanics of surveilling Bitcoin users, the surveillers just lose. Um, there's, there's too many ways for us to, to blow up the search set. The heuristics. Yeah, so... Use. Uh, and and believe me, I'm one of the first people that's right right there with you, thinking that the people who like chain analysis and stuff are they're they're kind of evil people, like what they do. I'm fine is,
3: with them. You know, it's the incentives that sets it up. If they can do it, they're gonna do yeah, it. Yeah, right? yeah.
1: So they're 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 entitled to do it, but
3: and they can go fuck themselves. Yes, but I'm but fine. I'm
1: I'm I'm still not gonna sit down and have a beer with them. All right, like right. I, I don't have to do that. Right. I, I wouldn't. To, I don't have to like the per the choices that person made. They they have to feed their own family. Fine, do that, but. That's, that, that can be somebody a, can be,
2: I mean it's an inevitable thing like yeah
1: I, I mean I don't, I don't look at it as evil yeah. it's it's well, I think so it's, I think it's pretty do. evil it's it, it, the it's it's, it's nuanced it's, at yeah. the very least it's nuanced but the mechanics of what happens once we have simultaneous open and close with lightning in the middle it makes it so that the the search mechanics for uh, for any surveillor, uh, it just blows up the search set too much they can't they can't do it
0: so, so. What do we, is this just lightning development that needs to happen? So, no, it's just a, a couple
1: of things. We need ag-sigs, so mm-hmm. aggregated signatures, which can allow us to pile into a simultaneous multi-sig for all of our... Which is post Snorra, right? That's, that is Schnorr right. Snorra will support yeah. that. Um, and then you, you, need co- you need an application or a series of applications that coordinates varied users in varied places to all deposit the same amount of money into lightning at the same time using that aggregated signature. Everyone does all their lightning shit, whatever they want to do in that time. And then you close out for the same amount to different balances. So what I just did is I made it so everyone put deposits one Bitcoin as an example in the network at once. Say 200 people all do that at once. Everyone does all their fucking lightning shit for a while. And then everyone settles back out to one Bitcoin again to different addresses. What do you have, like a flag day? You, yeah, you, you bet, it's a coordination It's a coordination event. It's like mm-hmm.
3: coin join in and out. Yeah, so it's right?
1: simultaneous coin join in and out for the same amounts. And then lightning in the middle, which and surveilling lightning as it matures... Uh, basically requires the same surveillance characteristics that Tor does. Mm-hmm. So you can surveil Tor if you're a majority or a plurality of the guard nodes in the network because you can just know who you're rel- what traffic you're relaying to where. Uh, but to do that in the light network requires that you have funds tied up in the network. So it's like so, staking almost, right? Yeah, so if the requirements for you to have strong surveillance in Bitcoin is that you have to stake a substantial amount of Bitcoin, I think we've won. Okay, like <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think like, that that's they're gonna just, have
3: to buy it. Yeah, yeah we were talking yeah. about this earlier. That's an awesome incentive. Yeah, and so, so it's like, like a positive fine. feedback like, loop. Fine, you want to know? You want
1: to know all my balances, all my transfers? But to do so, you have to per- you have to own a huge percentage of total Bitcoin. Fine, fine. Take take my relative degree of minimal privacy I as an individual have in return for making the asset literally something that you as the surveillor have to sit on.
3: Have mm-hmm. you been Have you been following this Ellen big? controversy at all? No, what's that? Ellen Big is... I don't even know about his witnesses. He's like a... He seems like kind of like a dark net type of guy. Okay. No one knows who he is. And he makes up 60% of lightning capacity or something like that. 70% oh, I did of see something about, about this. Yeah. Okay, he can't hold that up forever. But that could be... That could be a sur- surveillance yes, that's actor, that's an right? example
1: of a surveillance actor, yeah. It could
3: be. But meanwhile, he's doubling lightning capacity in the, in the <coughs> meantime.
1: What well, I mean, it, it's supposed to be a slow boat. It's the... The entire, this entire thing is supposed to be a slow boat. I think because we had such rapid price appreciation, we have way more interest in the space and on, yeah. on the asset. Uh, I agree with Peter that it would have been better for Bitcoin's medium-term health if it had been more obfuscated for a longer period of time. But well, again, know. but again, like, the fact that we've weathered and survived the challenges that, that we have mean that Bitcoin was actually worth the effort in the first yeah. place. So... We could be in a lot uh, worse I situation. I don't. We're in like I, a very good situation. My, my view,
2: maybe controversial within Bitcoin a little bit, but I don't think most people actually believe this is that um, I think Lightning being used is not. We're like eight years or more away. That's
0: not that. an unpopular opinion at all. We were just right? talking about but this earlier. I
2: am kind of pro like something like uh, Cash App being like a centralized layer two point. Yeah. point or, like call it layer two, whatever. But it's some centralized things above Bitcoin. But Bitcoin being its own thing, and you can you have the ability to opt out, right? So like market infrastructure looking pretty similar to um, Cash regular markets, Cash but, like, and, and you be able, you most people are using their Bitcoin in centralized ways, but the ability to opt out is what actually really gives it its value. So everybody being like service providers, you're not really stuck to them. You're not really stuck to your bank. You can well. move really easily. Yeah, the yeah. option so, is there. Just, I think that. it's just I it's. I view it, I'm more approaching it from market's perspective, is that this is probably, like how my desires and wishes on the world are relevant to how I think actually human behavior is going to play out. And that's just, I think, just such a large force. And I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing either, because I think, in my view, I think Bitcoin's value really is being a non-sovereign money thing. And as long as the protocol is really robust, that's what really gives us it its value. So... Yeah, I think, like, my view, Lightning, I, uh, I do see long term that's be playing out and being very useful, useful thing. But for, like, right now, it's almost like a, a proof of concept of what you could really do yeah, if you read, with Bitcoin protocol. If
0: you read BitMEX's research piece this week, like, what they have to do, what you have to do to be, like, a profitable routing node, it's so hands on. It's such a hands on process at this point. Like, yeah, I mean, your that, normal user is not going to be able
3: to do All this stuff it. needs to
2: happen. But your normal, normal user
3: just... doesn't need to be a routing node either. That's true. But it should be easier i don't and think all, it's eight all, all years
2: away de- all this stuff definitely needs to happen but i don't see it like bitcoin's value like it being completely dependent on this like it's almost it's no, just lightning like, could fail right? and bitcoin would be fine yeah it, 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 I, I, that's I, the whole point right yeah. so let's talk about it is the problem is that i think like crypto people who are outside of bitcoin are looking at as lightning as being the saving grace of the quote unquote scaling solution. And I, I, I think it to approach the problem with that mindset doesn't really understand what this is all about, right? It's just like the bi- Bitcoin, one Bitcoin is one, bi- one Bitcoin. And if you have the ability to gain access to that, but you're still in the centralized service, that's probably like, that, that creates a different system than we're already in. Yeah. That's a different value proposition.
0: Let's talk to a man who created another second-layer solution, Liquid. Yeah. So, so let's talk about second-layer solutions, how they're being tested well, out and the different so when the trade-offs. We, when
1: we went into Liquid and the Strong Federation model, uh, like ex- the exchanges were just not there's, – there's, there still isn't as much coordination as we'd like between the exchanges because you can't – when you have more Liquid markets, you have healthier markets. So the settlement lag between deposits and moving between exchanges – still to this day causes uh, price discrepancy. Slippage, MS. Yeah, slippage. So um, liquid is basically supposed to be a solution for those slippage mechanics because I can cut the transfer time of Bitcoin down by like ninety eight percent or ninety nine percent. So uh, in that kind of a system or in that kind of a reality, there's uh, there's just stronger. this just a stronger market. Like that's that's what the prime brokerage did when it was literally deployed in the eighties. Is it? enabled you to clear across a central pool of, this, of, of, of assets that everyone owned and everyone uh, agreed to the conditions under which those assets exist. So that's just normal market evolution. Um, the problem is, is that uh, coordinating people is difficult, uh, especially people who have selfish interests in keeping their own piece of the pie. So convincing exchanges to actually participate and to use that methodology in concert with the fact that it's reasonably sophisticated technology in the first place uh it just makes for a difficult challenge so,
0: yeah yeah but it's again it's it's a solution being tested out and yeah lightning's being tested out like what other types of second layer solutions are you excited about or paying attention to if nah, any uh, nah.
1: like um i think uh marty's fabric like the eric martindale's fabric protocol is uh,
3: pretty interesting. It's technically layers he's calling it layer three layer three right? on top of lightning
1: what, yeah. what, it, 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 he has payment channel arrangements that you can agree to bilaterally. Eric. I was really
3: drunk when he explained it to me and I yeah. only remembered like twenty five percent. I'm like, waiting it's like, to see him it's again.
1: It's like a more flexible mechanic It's
0: wave, a good right? bootstrapping mechanism. He's already got a hundred thousand users that he's sort of form fitting yeah. this on top yeah. of, right?
3: He has a hundred thousand users? Yeah,
0: this game creating uh website that he has. Yeah, yeah,
3: wow. Yeah. yeah. So um
1: Damn. that's interesting. Uh I think stuff like the, like the shift network with um, Joe Weinberg and Chris over at um, Alchemy is pretty cool too. Like that's uh, where you can have a uh, second order controls over the asset. So the asset, like the key management schema is not just mandated or controlled by, it, it can be subject to like rules and conditions associated with like, for example, an asset fund or an institutional or something like that. Um, uh, but besides, besides that, it like... I think that there's so much hype in the space about all the things that can be done, when everyone forgets that like most of the things that people are trying are just kind of stupid ideas. Like,
0: <laughs> what do you mean by this? It's like it's yeah. a bit. Uh, let's point to, let's it's, point to it's, specific examples.
2: It's just this innovator's dilemma of like people needing to do something with their time. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> no one needs Nothing another photo ever...
1: app, dude. Like no one like this is the problem is everyone wants to be their own person and have their own like their own story. But ultimately, most people are destined to, at best, supporting roles in other people's stories. And that's a hard...
0: Stop telling these hard truths, yeah, man. Yeah, that's
1: a hard... The, the VC, that, VC culture. Yeah, the, oh my God. The, like, <laughs> I, I think Silicon Valley is destined for a hard awakening. I think
0: they're in the process of a hard awakening.
1: Well, it's for, some, for some of them, sure. But like, go. I actually think going to Silicon Valley and working for a Silicon Valley company is terrible for you. Why do you think that creates the, the, the nature and the, the characterization of the companies are caustic. It's not totally toxic. Um, the risk reward schemas are totally off base. Not to mention the fact living in the Bay is like the most expensive place in the entire world, psychically and your mental health uh, on literally just the fact that the state <laughs> you live in is 62% effective taxes and the most expensive living costs associated in the entire fucking world. Like, this is, not a, this is not a recipe for healthy people. Right. Um, and it's a recipe for... And the buildings aren't even that tall. Buildings, not only the buildings aren't that yeah, tall, but they're not, they're not that nice. Man. And they don't build that many of them. Yeah, what's the very funny.
2: Funny. I, I The first time I went to San Francisco was a couple of years ago. I actually liked it a lot more than I thought it was because I had come from the New York City First bias, time I went to San Francisco, I got, a, got robbed. There's definitely, there's definitely a New York City bias <laughs> of uh, like having some contempt for San Francisco. So when I went to San Francisco the first time, I was I had such low expectations that I actually liked it, and every single me too, time, that's what to too every it. single time I've gone back, I, I just, it's, I, I'm meeting my original expectations. Well, it's worse; it gets yeah. worse well, every time. Yeah, I've had
0: like, I've had two San Francisco experiences. My first one was terrible. I was literally in the city for two hours. We went to Sonoma yeah. for Wine Country, and we came back to fly out of San Fran early, and we went to Golden Gate Park to go to an AIDS memorial that my wife's uncle, his name was on it, so it was a very like emotional, very emotional afternoon. It was Martin Luther King Day. There was thousands of cars parked by the park, thousands of people walking by. And we go back to our car, window smashed
3: in, all of our luggage oh, taken. Shit. It was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, Fun times. You and the then practice better opsec, Marty. That was your fault. Yeah, I'm sorry. Personal responsibility. Yeah,
0: pers- well, yeah, I it was, it was a younger Bitcoiner at that point in my time. Um, and second time I went was the interview jack and it was just like I walked to the Tenderloin it was like a zombification in real life. I like, lived why, in the Tenderloin why, for two years what why, was that why? Like?
1: why were you
2: walking through the Tenderloin I
0: ex- accidentally booked a hotel there yeah. one night I lived in <laughs> the Tenderloin <laughs> I lived in <laughs> the Tenderloin for two was years and like, the, the mission
2: the, for three years it, so, how, how expensive was the hotel there
0: it was like it was like $200 for uh, one night yeah relatively cheap New York <laughs> City whatever
1: yeah yeah. so the TL and the mission where I lived in the bay and then was the Berkeley five years before that the bay's gotten worse every year Every year I lived there for ten years. That's why I just left.
0: Yeah, I know some good people there too. I
2: feel for them.
1: Uh, All the people should, that I that yeah. I know have been been moving out. Like, yeah. like
2: very. Slowly. I don't understand why you would stay. Everybody I, I know. Don't get everybody everybody <laughs> I know is is moving to L.A., <laughs> uh, Austin or Miami.
0: Yeah,
3: you know, Austin's, of, Austin's a, a hot right now. You've got an Austin awesome boy right here. I know. Yeah. Austin's of, hot right
2: of, now. Austin, Miami, tax reasons, L.A. At least I. I my expectations of LA were similar to San Francisco initially as well, much higher. I have a very, very good view of LA now. I actually
0: uh, broached the subject of potentially moving to Texas to my wife recently, and she was like open to it. I was like, "Yeah, LA can go." For it's it, awesome. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I recently met Patrick Henry's great 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 to the eleventh grandson, John Henry, like, the guy "Give Me Liberty, Give Me Death" guy. Really? I met, yeah, like we like, hung out. It's awesome, man. Texas is amazing.
0: I heard there's high vibes there. Was,
1: he was a good dude. He dropped out of school in the fifth grade to support his family. Wow! Uh, and his older sister. John going Henry. To yeah, I know. Like, he, <laughs> and I describe him as like one of the least educated people I know, yeah. but one of the smartest people yeah. I know. Like he has like these bits of wisdom. Where I was like, oh, that's my favorite. John Henry, like you're you're on point, man. And then it's like he doesn't know what the word articulate means. Or are we educated? So <laughs> <See, like, like, laughs> at the same time, it's like it's really weird. It's like it's a, re- a very interesting dynamic.
0: Well, he wasn't he wasn't indoctrinated, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, and
1: so that's that's part of it. Yeah. He also has his commercial firearms license, which is nice to have.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. it's been nice to have you in the studio, John. Yeah. Particular. Oh, I love this place. Nice. This has been, this has been like I've been a, a, a quiet fanboy. I think your your podcast uh, appearances over the years, particularly with Roger Ver and then on the Noted, yeah. very enlightening. I'm I'm so pumped that you came through.
3: I mean, I'm
1: just glad we got to talk about dinosaurs. Yeah. Well. I as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Come for the Bitcoin, stay for the dinosaurs. Anybody have like a final thought you guys want to say? Yeah. that.
1: Uh, I mean, remember that uh, audacity is the fuel of success. And if you actually are striving, then you're on the windswept precipice of ambition and despair.
0: And we're going to end it there, freaks. Peace and
1: love.
3: Stay humble, stack sets. That was awesome. All
1: right, I got to get out of here because I'm going to miss my flight.